welcome to yet another episode. This is still season one of our podcast. And uh, today we are talking to yet another amazing, exceptional Wonder Woman. Her name is Lena. She speaks five languages and wow. she will tell yeah. a lot about uh, what else she's doing for for a living, for what what does she find exciting about about this country, about everywhere where she was. Can you start with your name, please? Yeah, so my name is Yelena. Uh, I can go with Lena. Mm. Uh, it's, uh, it's easier to pronounce. Uh, so yeah, uh, I'm coming from Moldova, and thank you for noticing. Yeah, I do speak five languages, and that's because uh, Moldova used to be part of Soviet Union, mm. and then I used to travel a lot. So yeah, but my goal is to know 10 one day. <laughs> Ten languages, like five is not enough. <laughs> you know, uh, yeah, actually, uh, my neighbor she speaks seven. Uh-huh. Yeah, she speaks seven languages fluently. I think like it's Albanian, French, uh, German. She's Italian, mm-hmm. uh, and yeah, she's wonderful. Very cool. Yeah, that's an, some inspiration for you. True. Um, cool. So, okay, you, you're coming from Moldova. What was the reason for you to? take well realize that you need a change you need uh, to try maybe new environments new societies new new locations like why did you come all the way from Moldova to San Francisco well that's a good question well I came to the US uh, after my graduation and I always had a dream to have an American MBA Mm -hmm. so I came to Seattle not to San Francisco first for my graduate studies and I always wanted to kind of escape from Moldova mm-hmm. because coming from the post-Soviet Union country, which cannot offer you the same opportunities as the U.S., I always used to say that the U.S. is like Disneyland for entrepreneurs. Right. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I think it's a country for with big opportunities. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, it's measured in... I would say oversimplified way, but it's a very efficient way to measure uh, your success is basically there is so much money in this country and uh, it's pretty much f- uh, if you figure out a way how to how to make yourself useful and how to solve other people's problems, they will come back and uh, they will make you rich. So if, you, if that's your goal, uh, like pretty much any entrepreneur, then you are in the right place. Correct. I agree. Yeah. So now tell us a bit more about uh, what exactly you you thought you want to do when you came over and how did it translate into what you actually are doing right now? So uh, I spent four years as a project manager for a transportation company mm. in Seattle. Mm. Uh, I was studying mm. um, also. So I didn't really have uh, a goal because for the first two years, I thought that I'll go back home uh, to Moldova or Europe. Then I changed my mind. Um, I tried multiple things like an online fashion store, a flower store. Uh, so I ended up in uh, San Francisco and I decided to uh, build something uh, bigger that can 
where I see growth, basically. Mm. This, I started basically a closet cycle. This mm. is the yeah. name of the company. Yes. Uh, it's a marketplace for women to lend mm. and rent designer pieces uh, yeah. where they can make money, they can save money, they can make good uh, for the environment, mm. and also they can make friendships because uh, it's a community uh, marketplace. So the idea came from my personal problem and speaking of going back to Moldova back in time. So when I used to be a kid, uh, I was always swapping clothes with my friends. And mm -hmm. I think you are mm -hmm. very familiar with that concept. Of course, yeah. Yeah, because you grow <laughs> out of things and you know, they, they become either too big or too small. And uh, sure. <laughs> like for context, um, but I, I don't know if it's common for uh, other cultures, but well, I'm also from coming from ex-USSR country. And back in my day, my parents never buy what fits. They always buy something which is two or three sizes bigger because, well, tomorrow I'm going to grow. So it's just a way to save money on, you know, on kids' clothing. So I guess that's, that's true. what referring to. That's true. I am very familiar with that. And actually, it makes me laugh because I, I just, it reminds me of my neighbors and my <laughs> my friends, my cousins. Mm -hmm. We They would buy a jacket and all the kids in the neighborhood, they'll wear the same jacket, basically. Yeah. That was crazy. Yeah, so as I said, uh, I was swapping clothes with my friends uh, when I was in high school, when I was in university, because, I mean, when you are coming from a country as Moldova, you cannot afford that, like, beautiful, expensive outfit. So you always, like, swap clothes with your friends. So I was well, very familiar with that concept. And as I grown and I moved around, uh, things changed, basically. Mm. I moved to the U.S., mm. And I was lucky enough uh, because in Seattle, they have a very huge Moldavian community. And there, there are so many Ukrainians and those people from post-Soviet Union countries. So I had this circle of friends and swapping clothes with them was something like very common, very like on, we were doing this on a daily basis. I remember we will have like an event once a week at least. Mm. And we will book like, clothes from our friends closets yeah. in, in advance basically like hey yeah. uh, can i have this red dress of yours like for the next week and my friends will say like yeah okay no problem so i was not thinking of closet cycle at that time but uh just before the pandemic i decided to move to california uh from uh washington state right and I remember while packing my uh, my wardrobe, I gave away, honestly, 50% of my clothes. Mm -hmm. And I gave it away to my friends. And um, I, I realized at that point of time that I really use only like 30, 20% of my, of my wardrobe. And other than that, like other 80%, it goes untouched. And what a waste. First of all, I, I felt so bad because it's such a bad investment. To buy to buy these clothes, I basically never use. So I moved to California, uh, and I moved to San Francisco, and I decided that I lost this circle of friends to mm. swap clothes with. Right. And I obviously I met my uh, neighbor <laughs> that speak speaks seven, seven languages. languages. Yeah, <laughs> <And> <laughs> she introduced me to other girls, and I created this WhatsApp group. 
I added all of them and I just asked people like, hey, can you uh, share your dresses or stuff you are like open to borrow or open to swap with, uh, with uh, this circle or this group? And people, they just started to, to share pictures and I was already working on my customer discovery. Mm-hmm. I was asking questions. I, I really understood very quickly that that this idea works and people they are uh, open uh, to share their wardrobes and i basically i understood that they don't really use those clothes right. they they use only 20 percent uh, of their wardrobe and i think that's common because uh, clothing is something that, which is very like impulse impulse driven mm-hmm. and emotional you go to a store you like something on you you buy it yeah and then you come home and bam i don't really like it that much already true and then maybe you procrastinate to return it and that's how you end up with like extra dress which you kind of like but not really and then you think about what do i do with this Uh, and you can swap it with somebody who maybe who likes it a bit more and they can give you something in return so that's that's quite common but uh there are other companies where it's basically peer-to-peer um, garments exchange. Like Stitch Fix does something like this. I know that there are a couple more. How do you differentiate your, your company from all of this? So, yes, I am very familiar with those companies. We ran the runway and uh, there are others like Fashion Pass, Newly. All of them, they are inventory heavy. Yes. They hold their own inventory. And mm-hmm. we dif- differentiate because we don't deal with shipping, uh, with stock management, uh, with cleaning especially. Um, so, and their inventory is honestly limited. Our mm-hmm. inventory is unlimited uh, because... For example, we have that many uh, users and like uh, you can rent stuff from Balenciaga and Jimmy Choo to something uh, from like local designers, something very unique and vintage. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, basically that's how we differentiate from, from them. And Render Runway, uh, they are subscription based. I will say um, I tried them by myself and it doesn't inspire me because it's not something very unique. I will say it's more convenient. Yeah. Because as you said, you receive the box. It's mm-hmm. not, uh, for example, if I want um, to go let I don't know, Burning Man concert or I need a very vintage uh, unique stuff where I, I cannot find this on the Render Runway. And here I can basically rent from celebrities, from local designers, from influencers. Mm-hmm. This is the, I think that's amazing. What happens if, if, if I want to use uh, services of your company, but I cannot find exactly what I want? Is there a way to, to say, um, maybe either put a custom order or tailor things, modify things? Uh, you can, uh, at this point, uh, we don't have that many uh, lenders, mm. so we don't have like thousands of listings, and but you can always uh, even you can reach out to us on Instagram, and yeah. we will find uh, the desired garment for for you. We actually had a girl; she she needed she had a wedding, so we helped her to find a wedding dress 
from we just found someone else on Instagram who texted them wow. and, and we said like hey do you like do you still have this dress and she said yes and uh, I asked her like hey are you open to rent it out mm. to make some money you can set your own price and she said yes absolutely and she uploaded the dress another girl just rented out <laughs> so yeah I think it's very it's it's amazing so if you have any I will say events coming and you need a garment you just mm. can reach out to us to hello at closet cycle mm. or instagram and let us know we'll always try to find uh the desired outfit for you um so we'll put the instagram handle here can you spell it out for us it's closet cycle that uh oh instagram it's closet yes. cycle app app okay yeah, that's easy it's easy yeah it's easy to remember yeah and that's fascinating so basically you reach out to like actual real people who have stuff which they specifically for wedding you know because wedding dress is something which you typically use once but if you're like serial like divorcer and marrier then maybe <laughs> not once uh, and we have actually yeah. sorry for interrupting you but we have uh, actually already data around uh, wedding dresses right uh, they can be used like three or four times Mm-hmm. And uh, I know we just like, it's crazy, but we are trying to capture as many information as we can. Mm-hmm. And for those landing dresses, uh, wedding dresses, sorry. So you can basically use them only three or four times because uh, of the tailoring and it just gets ruined pretty fast. My understanding of the wedding environment is um, you start off, you know, like super clean, super like bright, all white. Mm-hmm. Uh, you tailor specifically to look the best, uh, to take the best, the best pictures. And then as the um, festivities progress, that's where, you know, stuff can happen. You know, say, you know, you, you drop some, you know, some food on that like white dress and whatnot. And then you need to figure out how to clean it. A lot of uh, like wedding dresses, they are more... They are only for like dry cleaning. You can't Correct. really wash them. So what do you do in this case? So uh, it's first of all, uh, let's start with uh, how the process works. Mm-hmm. Uh, so for lenders, uh, it's just a very easy. Um, it's less than two minutes to go sign up, uh, and you just can start uploading uh, items mm-hmm. uh, to the website. So uh, how it works basically, uh, lenders they are um, responsible for shipping. But it's very it's very easy because wa- once you receive a rental request, you mm-hmm. just can you, you can choose you can reject or you can accept the request. So if you accept the request, you'll receive two shipping labels: one to put on the top uh, of the box, and another one inside to send the garment to the renter. Yes. So they can use it to ship it back to you. It's very easy, right? Mm-hmm. So speaking of cleaning. Uh, when you list an item, you have um, another option to set up your cleaning fee. You can charge charge them up to I don't know. We suggest like twenty dollars, thirty dollars. It depends on the garment. As the as the owner, uh, you know better. So yeah, you set up the rental price and the cleaning fee, mm-hmm. which is completely goes to you. You, uh, it's all yours. And we also we. Our goal for the future, we want to partner with eco um, uh, cleaners, basically, to take Mm. care because they are sustainable. Uh, We have one here in San Francisco. So our plan is to use them as a drop up uh, and pick application as well. Um, That's a very interesting model. So it sounds like you don't really maintain like any kind of warehouses where 
the clothing seats and you do anything is basically directly to whoever lands from whoever lands to whoever wants to Correct. wants to get it um okay that's very scalable i love it how do you maintain the quality so basically how do you know that whatever is listed is actually what the, the customer is going to get uh, you mean the, um, if the item is authentic or? Yeah, if it's maybe like a knockoff fake or if it is uh, just in the condition which is just, maybe it's just torn, you know, or like another one is, uh, you know, some when people try to, you know, to sell stuff, they just take pictures yeah. from the internet and it's not what they actually are. Even same model, but looks maybe a bit differently, you know, so. How do you like any kind of quality control? How do you make sure that? Uh, so, uh, because we don't we don't see the items, uh, we don't yeah. care the inventory. Mm -hmm. So the renter he has uh, um, she <laughs> she has the option to to file for the return or yes. refund if she thinks the item is fake uh, and it's fully refunded. Uh, just she needs to ship back the item in the same package uh, within 24 hours, basically. Mm -hmm. If you, let's say you rented something from me, like a purse, and you think it's fake, so in order to be fair, uh, you just, uh, as a renter, you have 24 hours to use the prepaid shipping label, put the item back, and send it back to me. To, to the lender, to you actually. Personally. <laughs> <laughs> no, I wish. <laughs> I wish to me personally. No, uh, you have to send the item to return the item back to the to the owner. Mm -hmm. And we have different uh, different types, different categories uh, as like brands mm -hmm. and desi designer stuff, and up to like a very unique local designers. For example, mm -hmm. I think you're you 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 know Tuan Tran. Uh, he's, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He does. Uh, he does sustainable stuff. He, yeah, he does. He basically recycles a lot of like old clothing and then creates amazing things. I'm, I'm going to post some of his. Uh, yeah. Some of his his work somewhere either here or there. I don't know. Dep depending on the, pre the the post editing. Correct. Yeah, and he's like one. I just gave him as an example because he is uh, sustainable. Mm -hmm. He uses recycled materials, which I really love. And for example, for garments uh, as he has, how would you? I don't know how you can basically control the the quality um, because it's something very unique. So. Mm -hmm. um, I guess if they are not satisfied, they just can't return the item. But I don't know how you cannot be satisfied with a, such a beautiful garment as uh, as Tuans, let's say. Um, right, though his stuff is something you wouldn't wear every day, though, right? Correct. It's, it's a for bit more special like occasion, I would say. Special occasion, maybe evening dress to go out and to like maybe red carpet, you know, kind of. Yes. Kind of and we support those like uh, local designers and creators mm -hmm. by offering them yeah. a platform where they can make money by monetizing their own uh, collection. Because think of that, there are so many students, um, like new graduates or designers, they have this collection. They use this for like re um, runway shows or photo shooting. And mm -hmm. it's not new, they probably cannot sell it, but they can still make some money and put cash in their pocket yeah. by renting it out. Okay, so for our listeners, can you give an idea of basically if, so imagine like I'm a student at like Academy of Arts or something. So I, you know, I specialize in like clothing, clothing design and maybe production. So if I have some ideas and I, you know, do, do clothing myself, 
how much money can I make uh, if, if I partner up with, uh, with your company? So, yeah, uh, first of all, if you're a student, uh, we have a form uh, oh. on our website, uh, which is partner with Closet Cycle. Mm -hmm. It's spe specific for students and for designers, creators. Yeah. Uh, you fill out the form and we'll reach out to you. We also offer frequency service, uh, which means we will upload all your inventory. You don't have to worry about uploading pictures and description because I know like uh, you probably are busy and we offer this for free. And in terms of how much money you can make, um, it's a good question. It depends uh, again on the season, mm -hmm. I will say. We have, um, and basically a spreadsheet which we can show uh, we can show them it depends on how many times uh, the customer will rent the dress, how many times per year. Uh, again, um, I would say, um, I, I don't have a clear number, but it can be up to 4,000 per week, or it depends on the garment, or it can be like uh, 400, uh, not per week, sorry, per month. <laughs> my bad, I'm I like, wish. Oh, what? No, my bad. <laughs> you need to quit my job. <laughs> no, 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 <laughs> sorry. Uh, okay, we just, uh, this girl, if you go on our website, we have a beautiful dress. Uh, it's a wedding dress. Uh -huh. So the girl, she listed this for uh, 5,500 or 5,000. Five, to yeah, rent. To rent for four days only. And I thought it's a scam. Like probably she, I don't know, <laughs> it was by mistake. And we contacted her on Instagram and asked her like, hey, um, is this the price? And she said, yes, because I paid like $70,000 for the dress. And $70, she gave $70,000. 17. Uh, 17. Yes, uh -huh. 17,000. And we really, I checked the dress myself online. And yes, it's like custom made. Mm -hmm. um, I forgot the name of the designer. But if you go on our website, it's still there. It's crazy. Of course, the dress is beautiful. It's amazing. It's made with feathers. But it's so if you rent a dress like this, yeah, you can make <laughs> it depends. So that's, that's what they are listing items for. Do they actually <laughs> have somebody who is willing to pay this amount of money we have a um, designer she's based in florida her, her name is sonia mm -hmm. so she specializes on tulle gowns mm -hmm. so she rented um she rented out uh, last month uh two of her dresses so uh, if i'm not mistaken one dress is because the cheapest one i know it's like around 280 mm -hmm. so she rented last month two of them wow uh I guess she made like 800. But again, it depends how many items you have. It depends uh, on season, mm -hmm. I will say. Um, yeah, and I guess I'll have a better answer for you later on when we have more traction, more mm -hmm. items on the website, more data. Mm -hmm. Your company is somewhat fresh and you, start, you started this year. You don't have that many data points as you mentioned. So what I wanted to, uh, to learn from you is uh, over the, the first four months of the company existence since you launched, how did it go? What did you learn? Uh, what are your plans for next year? And what would be something you would do differently if you, if you knew everything you know by now? Um, yeah, that's a good question. Um, so first of all, uh, yeah, we launched uh, four months ago, but it took uh, quite a <laughs> quite a while mm -hmm. 
uh, I didn't have a uh, co-founder, a technical co-founder, and therefore I uh, I found an offshore team mm -hmm. to build the MVP for me. Mm -hmm. uh, and in the meantime, I was looking for for someone. Um, actually, I mean, for the co-founder, uh, I was interviewing uh, those people, and I will say I was quite picky because you know it's like it's like a marriage. I knew that I have to be with this person for five years. And the MVP was uh, was done. Uh, I basically, <laughs> um, when the MVP was ready, I actually found my co-founder. Uh, she's an she's an amazing person. I I met her actually a month ago, a month and a half, I will say. And um, I understood this uh, the moment I met her. She was in love with the idea. She had this like huge plans for closet cycle. She wanted basically to change the way we consume fashion, and I loved it. Uh, we all we clicked uh, right away, mm -hmm. and I understood it's her. And when she took over, she she got uh, deeper into the the code, and because we want a very strong product, a scalable product. She told me like, hey, you know, we have to fix this and that. <laughs> and now basically what she's doing, she's fixing those bugs. She's probably we are even considering on because we are a web web version now only. So uh, we are considering to to to, la to launch the basically the, so the software, the, the app. Mm -hmm. As I was saying, uh, you asked me about the, the future, the next year, right? And so we are planning to uh, to launch the um, the app uh, mm -hmm. in 2023. Mm -hmm. uh, now we are a web, a web only. And speaking of that, because we are uh, community oriented, we are trying to build not only the, the marketplace, but a, a community around that. So there, we are developing an algorithm right now she just joined, but <laughs> my co-founder, but we are developing an algorithm to basically to connect people with the same body shape and the mm. same style, which I think is an, is an amazing feature. So we are planning to have that in 2023. And uh, I don't know, um, you know, the fashion rental uh, industry, it grows like 10% uh, year to, uh, to year. And it's expected to grow like to 180 billion by 2020, which I think it's like a massive uh, opportunity. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, I think just the sky is the limit. Yeah. We have huge goals. We want to be the next Airbnb of fashion. Yeah, definitely Airbnb peer-to-peer -peer rentals. Uh, this is, uh, I think in, in current economy, which is based on gigs, like one-time one -time things, experiences. Sharing yeah, economy, mm -hmm. especially after I saw what Airbnb was doing for their apartments, mm -hmm. what Uber was doing for their cars. Um, this is just uh, an underutilized asset, an expensive asset that basically can be monetized. Yeah. And it's sitting there in, uh, in our wardrobes. Yeah. What kind of advice would you give to people who kind of want to like, become like, full-time entrepreneurs? But for some reason, they have their own uh, maybe like limitations or beliefs that uh, they they are not ready. So, yeah, I remember myself. I was um, I I had my full time job while yeah. also working on customer discovery and working like more and more on closet cycle. So uh -huh. eventually I quit my job. Yeah. 
And when I took the the decision, my parents they asked me like, "Hey, what are you doing?" And uh, I told them about closet cycle, and they had like sharing clothing. Like, are you crazy? <laughs> like, what are you doing? Like, uh, do you, are you sure you want to quit your job? And honestly, I was so afraid, uh, afraid of not. Uh, not fail, I guess. And mm. I didn't have knowledge. I never went to like a fashion institute or <laughs> whatever. And but yeah, I had um, I had my friends. I had uh, huge support uh, next to me. Uh, I was lucky to have uh, a nice and um, great fiance that he really supported me and he told me like, hey, just you have to start. And he shared the, his story with me. And yeah, I just took this decision. And an advice that I'll give just to never be afraid, always ask questions, even if you don't know, even if you don't have, uh, even if you're not expert, and you, have, you don't have experience and knowledge. Mm. And always ask questions. And remember, there, there are people, they will help you. And it's better to start and fail than never, never start, and you'll never, um, you'll always regret, and you'll never see what you are capable of. Yeah, I guess. Um, I mean, the saying here is that you know it's better to, to to try and fail than to to regret that you never tried. Correct. You know, yeah. but then the reality comes in and says like, where are you going to get? What, what are you doing with the money? You know, because. When you're raising capital, it's someone else's money. So okay. they trusted you, and then you failed them. How does it work with uh, like all the obligations, loans, repayment? I never raise money. Oh. <laughs> I don't know yet. But trust me, I <laughs> I have the same question. And you know the the Terranos story, yeah. <laughs> right? That's a good and a good example. Uh, yeah, I don't know. You are always responsible. But listen, you you never know the answers. Uh, you never know. Just try to do your best. Mm -hmm. Just try to to work hard. And I think the persistent the, the persistence is the key. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, of course it's grind, but it's also knowing where you are going with all this grind. And it's like, it's like if you're just grinding in one place, then you will just exhaust yourself. And if those people they invested in you, they didn't invest in your idea. They invested in you as a person. Mm. So they they believe you can build something great. So you have to believe in yourself as well. Of course, yeah. You, you are your your own biggest fan to start with. I never thought about how much you can how much you can rely on yourself. Actually, it's like it feels like when you work in teams, when you work in you know those hierarchies and interdependent cultures. You feel like, you know, somebody else used to deliver things to you. Uh, and this makes sense if you're like highly specialized, but humans evolved into that. And it wasn't, it wasn't so long ago when humans were doing everything. Like we've been, we've been hunters gatherers for like m almost a million of years. And then we are doing what we're doing now for like how many, maybe a hundred of years only, <laughs> you know? So yeah. those resources, are in you it's in in the dna so just basically trusting yourself and knowing that you can just plow through and look at us yeah uh, stories like you are definitely inspiring you are uh same as i i'm coming from uh eastern europe uh i'm not sure you, you're here yourself or you with your family but 
uh, I met so many people there coming uh, themselves here to the U.S., mm. uh, which is like super far. Uh, they are um, they are just adapting to the new culture, new people. Uh, everything is new. You are here yourself. You have to figure it out. Uh, so same, I think, with um, with any startup. Just start. Mm. Just take that decision and move on. And you'll always find. Uh, a way to solve the problem. Yeah. Like, how do you do things like the health insurance, for example, retirement savings, or do you not care about this at all? I don't care about retirement savings. Oh. <laughs> well, I, I do, actually. I do. <laughs> <laughs> I do, but uh, I, for, I, I just try to manage my time and focus. And when I started Closet Cycle, it's self-funded. <laughs> I mm -hmm. always basically spend all my money on Closet Cycle. Mm -hmm. So I'm not trying I, to think about retirement right now, I would say. But you, well, I don't know. Do, do you have any, like, uh, the safety net? So if things go totally wrong, uh, like... For people who are not first generation, they can just always move back to with their parents, which might be boring, but you know you will you will always have you know like a place to sleep and if, and maybe a good meal from your mom. Yeah, I think for me it's just going back to a um, uh, big company, uh, work as a project manager, probably mm -hmm. something like that. But mm -hmm. it's not uh, something that will make me happy. Oh yeah, of course. A hundred percent. So. I, I can relate to that. So I do balance the um, nine to five job for for a, for a company and also running the, well, this media business, Sublime Studios. Which and is amazing. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you. And uh, the feeling you, you get when you make your own decisions, it's like it's this um, invigorating feeling of freedom. I can do whatever I want, and I'm the only one responsible for for my decisions. It's very different from you know when stuff comes comes to you from somebody else's uh, you know decision making process, and then you have timelines and deadlines. Uh, it comes with security, of course. So like if you work for a company, then they give you all those benefits and whatnot. When you when you're an entrepreneur, especially in the very beginning, it's very risky. As soon as you grow and you you made it, that's where you have you can maybe delegate, well, maybe for you it's a bit too early, but, you know, say next year you mentioned that you want to you want to build more software around uh, giving customers new functionalities, you know, matching them, maybe throw a bit of machine learning here and there, you know. So, yeah, you, you can delegate. Maybe you can hire somebody who will run the technology department in your company. So this is where you bring in people who can do things for you and even better than you because they have well, experience and knowledge in that. And you kind of like stay close to what's, what's important for you, which is defining the vision, defining the future of the company. Uh, the very beginning is probably the most interesting. Yeah. That's true. And it's stressful, you know? <laughs> it is. So um, very good, very good uh, point. How do you deal with stress? What do you do outside of? So imagine like the day the day doesn't go well, you know, like you wanted to like make a sale, the sale doesn't go through, or you wanted to get, you know, things, you know, like launched and delivered and something. Say your vendor, you know, like fails and, you know, um, or, you know, like your favorite cat 
you know, have something happen, happen to her like that, no? I, yeah, I do have. <laughs> okay. I do have uh, a puppy. Okay. So imagine, you know, something happens to your puppy and so on. So horrible day. And you just cannot push through. You're like, well, okay, it's 4, 4 p.m. I'm done. I don't want to hear about anything else at all. You've probably been in situ situations like this because uh, in the early stages of uh, entrepreneurship, it's quite common. So how do you deal with this? What do you do? Yeah, Jim. Uh, uh, <laughs> okay. It's like I have a membership to the Bay Club, which is uh, five minutes from my house. Mm -hmm. uh, it's walkable. Um, so all the time I basically feel stressed or lazy uh, <laughs> or I don't know what to do and I'm, I have a blurry mind. Uh, I go to the gym. Uh, and why gym? Because uh, it's healthy. It's good for my body. And it's again, it, it teaches me how to you know, just move forward if you don't want to. Mm. Even when you work out, you know, you are lazy, you don't want to, but you know, it's good for you, so you are you keep going. So this gives me kind of power and strength. And it it, it also uh, helps me to, to deal with stress. Mm -hmm. That works for me. <laughs> and you don't fall to fall back to like typical, you know, like stress relief, relieving mechanisms. Well, People drink, people, you know, you know, take other substances which can modify their perception of reality, or people might just, you know, isolate, go into like, you know, retreats. So, you know, when say you take off into the deep into the forest and spend like whole week there without any technology at all. Never tried, <laughs> never tried that. Um... I love hiking and I, I love traveling. Yeah. I traveled to, I think, four countries this year. I love traveling mm -hmm. so much. It will be up to me. <laughs> Actually, just honestly, it's a dream of mine to rent the Airstream trailer mm -hmm. and travel around the U.S. Mm -hmm. uh, oh, I think it's uh -huh. something very beautiful so I can have my puppy next to me and I just will spend a year of my life just seeing the the US. I never been to the Grand Canyon. I heard it's mm. amazing, it's beautiful. Um yeah, but I never been to any retreats or any other <laughs> things like that. Interesting. Okay, uh so it sounds like it's might be a goal for you then at some point when you when you when you put enough like blood, sweat and tears, you know, as people say into your business and your business finance is self-sustainable and you can take some time off. You can actually go and see. Grand Canyon is definitely something to see. And like I would recommend to go on the on the South Rim, you know, because Grand Canyon is spans four states. It's long. Wow, yeah, it's huge. Yeah. And, and uh, when people go to Grand Canyon, then think about like Vegas and, you know, the West Rim. There isn't much actually happening at West Rim. Yes, if you wanna, if you want to understand what Grand Canyon is, then the West Rim is very accessible. But if you want to enjoy the, the best out of Grand Canyon, you go to you go to South Rim, and this is from uh, from Arizona side. Uh, I think there is a town called Flagstaff. Flagstaff, Arizona. Yeah, familiar yes. with that. <laughs> you fly there. And then you can either rent a car there and just drive for like maybe an hour north, and you'll you basically you'll you'll you will find yourself in the Grand Canyon Disneyland. 
There are like, you know, hotels there, all kinds of resorts, you know, like restaurants and everything. And this together with all the hiking, all the nature, all the views, a lot of like opportunities to take amazing content and whatnot. So this is the place to be. Yeah, thank you for the advice, we'll definitely. And then if you keep traveling um, east from South Rim, you can end you can end in uh, in a place called uh, Horseshoe Band. Yes, and Horseshoe Band. Well, it, it's it's a band of uh, of of the oh, okay. yeah of the the very same river which which made the canyon, and it looks looks, looks like a horseshoe. So it's you know it comes your way and then like this very famous place. But what what is even maybe more famous in the very same location is um, the Antelope Canyon. I which heard is, of that. Yeah, which is different river, and this river is still active, so it can you know it can go up and down, but when it's down all the way, then the the walls of that canyon look look swirly, you know swirly, and uh, it's a very famous photo. Well, I mean I'm going to post photos, <laughs> but pretty much everyone knows about this. So um, it's a it's a town. I don't remember the name of it. It's it's a very small town, maybe three thousand people only, uh, and all of them survive off of the t- tourism, off of the tourist uh, tourist business, where people are coming there to stay for a few days, specifically to see the horseshoe and the Antelope Canyon. Wow! And it's all the way up in the mountains, and the way um, I figured it out because I was just driving. When you drive around, you don't really feel much of a of a change of the altitude because it takes you a while to you know to go go all the way up. You go to a store, right? And that, there are those, all those you know like uh, like cans and uh, this pack package like yogurt stuff and so on. And they're all puffy, you know, because they were packed all the way uh, where the, pr- the air pressure was oh, okay. higher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and wow. when it goes all the way up, you know, they they look like you know they are expired and spoiled. <laughs> this is just normal there, so I don't know how they figured it out. Yeah, because of the altitude, I guess. Yeah. Yes. Wow. How does your like work week look like? Is it like typical, like maybe 60, 70 hours per week for entrepreneurship or? No, I wake up uh, in the morning and. Oh, that's uh, good. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> everything I do basically it's work. I work, un- uh, work until uh, the end of the day, the evening basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, yesterday I worked honestly until 1 a.m. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I went to sleep around 1.40 because I watched um, uh, one movie then. <laughs> mm-hmm. Because I need, uh, I felt that I need to take like 30 minutes um, break before I go to sleep. Yeah. And yeah, basically what I do is uh working and it's basically honestly i wear multiple hats because i have these calls uh with my um we still have that team the offshore team that i was telling you about mm-hmm. and my co-founder so we will jump on a call with them so i have to work uh with my co-founder and basically like a customer journey for the new product um and also working on strategy and thinking of future uh, fundraising, um, reaching out to designers, to mm. fashion influencers, working on uh, marketing strategies. Uh, yeah, there are so many so many things to do. I don't even have time <laughs> for everything. Uh, working on basically, yeah. we just found um, a company um, 
for our uh, mailers, we decided to use to offer actually to offer lenders uh, those recyclable and sustainable mailers that can be used uh, up to five times. Mm. Because as I said, we are trying to promote sustainability. Um, and those mailers, they are made of recyclable materials and can be used like multiple times, which mm. I think uh, it's amazing. And again, um, I, I mentioned that fashion uh, fashion industry is the third largest, basically, uh, industry that's uh, that emits ten uh, percent of the CO two in right. the entire world. It's like more than entire like um, that international flights mm. and maritime shipping uh, combined together. So, our one of our mission is to reduce to, that. Yeah, yes. Right. Yeah, and Therefore, that, that, that happens. That comes in multiple ways. One of one one is recycling. Correct. You don't need to manufacture new things every time if you know all things still work. The yes. other one is maybe changing changing materials, which require a bit less of like pr processing. Absolutely, more efficient. Production, yeah. About even like um, using the about the items that you don't really uh, use uh, when you like cars or yeah. apartments when you don't need them you can as i said you can monetize them yeah um and invest smarter i guess yeah i, I think it's a th this idea exists in multiple multiple shapes and forms if your car sits in the parking lot most of it or your garage most of the time why not rent it out right Correct. make some money if you have like extra room in your in your house rent it out if you have a garage which you don't use, rent it out, you know, so be more efficient and also this will allow you to make money. Free tips. Uh, we're going to start our own, like, you know, like <laughs> business series. And people, <laughs> they are more familiar with that. Yeah. They are more uh, into fashion um, sharing economy. I think this is the future, honestly. There are people there, like, becoming more and more familiar after Airbnb, after Uber, after those, like, peer-to-peer -peer, um, marketplaces as Depop and Poshmark. Mm -hmm. They can ship themselves. They can take pictures already. They're, they're also developing their uh, business skills. Yeah. By the way, uh, check out, this is the new studio of an amazing company that that is actually a charitable organization supporting filmmaking in Bay Area called Brave Maker. So here is all their contacts. If you love watching watching movies or making them if you are into acting brave maker creates a platform for media creators like me like you like with you we we talked about possibly making like commercial video, video for, for you which we are going to do it at some point quite soon we can talk about this as well charitable organization every donation can be tax deducted there is a film fest coming up actually in the end of this month. I need to send you the invitation. Absolutely. Yeah, just Shit. you know, that's the place to be. And um, Redwood City. It's basically it's the the Hollywood of Bay Area. All right. So thanks, Brave Maker, for having us, and we are going to do more stuff in this new studio. The following conversation covers topics of psychedelic drugs use, which are illegal in the United States and other countries. Sublime Studios and its affiliates and partners do not advocate or endorse the use of such substances. 
I had this conversation with mm. last week with a friend of mine from Seattle. Yeah. Uh, didn't see her like <laughs> six months. Uh, so she was telling me about what, uh, she's also, uh, she's also a female entrepreneur mm -hmm. and she was telling me, me about this place in Oregon. Um, I don't know if you ever heard of ayahuasca. She, yes. I've, <laughs> I, I've heard about this. Yeah. Never tried. And, but she was telling me about, um, this place and i believe she's going there like in three mm -hmm. weeks or so mm -hmm. so i'm really excited to to hear um the experience i'll let you know also ayahuasca is a controlled substance and it's uh, prohibited in the united states somewhere like in south america i think there are those you know ayahuasca trips there, oh, there are documentaries peru yeah. peru or potentially yes yes so there are ayahuasca trips and ayahuasca is basically it's a, it's a very strong uh, hallucinogen it's basically substance which makes you see, well, how they say, makes you see God. Uh, what I know is that if you are looking for amazing experiences uh, coming from within, within of you, then you can probably try, you know, magic mushrooms. By the way, magic mushrooms are... Uh, what are those? Just <laughs> well, mushrooms. Oh, okay. Yeah. Magic mushrooms are, you know, were just legalized in, I think, in Colorado. So, yeah, probably more, more states will legalize will them. Yeah. Not sure about ayahuasca status. Uh, in Peru, though, there are documentaries on YouTube where people actually go in on this three-day uh, fully immersed experience. And what happens is, well, ayahuasca is very, very strong, extremely powerful. So the way to take it is, again, based on documentaries, never taken it myself. Uh, based on documentaries, the way to take it is you need to have a uh, like a guide into the experience, and they're called like sh shamans. I heard you need yes. to prepare like you need to, to prepare clean to, the body before you are taking ayahuasca. You will be uh, will be vomiting like crazy. Wow, yes. seriously, it's, ex it's really powerful. Stuff. Sounds horrible. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not here to judge though. Um, so you need a guide into this experience because you you will start seeing things which might potentially drive you like totally insane, and uh, that's where somebody who knows who are f who is familiar with this, those experiences might make this whole experience a bit better for you. The reason why it's three days is because they start with a very small dose and then they increase the next day. It's more and then it's more. And then you go on, on those, you know, many, many hours trips where you like. You are high of, for three days. <laughs> Sounds like that. you are high for three days. Yes. Okay. That's one way to to maybe feel a bit more of your life. Or you can just start businesses and yeah. <laughs> be an entrepreneur. <laughs> you ask yeah. me like what advice I could give <laughs> to the people that are afraid to start yeah. business. Probably if you say that they can see. Uh, the God, they can mm -hmm. try ayahuasca and then probably they'll, it will so, change everything. If you have like maybe an hour, you know, during the weekend, do you go out? Do you like, I do go out yeah, with do you my hang friends. out with your, with your girls, with your, you know, like boyfriends who I don't know what's, uh, whether you have family here. Are you married or you're not married? Uh, I'm engaged. Yes. And, uh, I am, um, usually I spend, uh, my, uh, weekend with my fiance, mm. uh, his family, he has an amazing family. Mm. Um, uh, they are in Boston. 
We actually uh, will visit them for Thanksgiving. Uh, but usually, yeah, I will spend time with him uh, if I have, if I'm free during the weekends mm. and with uh, a few friends of mine. Um, yeah. Just hiking, random stuff. <laughs> you know, I'm in love. Uh, it might be, it'll sound uh, childish, but I love Harry Potter. I read the books, I watched the movies. So Boston, mm. it reminds me of Hogwarts. Yes. <laughs> Somehow. Yes. There's lots of red brick there. Correct. Especially like in the Cambridge area, if you if you go there, mm, the best time to be in Boston is mm, August September. August and September. Yeah, yeah. I heard they have beautiful and warm summers. You know, good thing about um, East Coast uh, that they have uh, four seasons. Uh, same we do in Moldova. We have very cold winters mm. and very hot summers. Mm. And yeah, Boston reminds me of my my home country. Yeah, it's also very humid, which is which comes with a different way to perceive the temperature. So when it's cold, well, I, I don't recommend to be there to be in Boston basically from <laughs> late October till I don't know May. <laughs> It's freezing, probably, right? It, it's not just freezing. It's, uh, it's there is the the weather can be like you know even like in January, like one day is you know like it's like super cold and you have to have fifteen layers on you and whatnot. But then the other day it can be melting and uh, pretty much like you know the sun is out and it's very enjoyable. Uh, so it's there is a bit of unpredictability there for sure, but also. Uh, it's very rainy. The, I'm okay with the <laughs> with yeah. the rain. I used to live in Seattle. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think there is no other close, city yes. in the U.S. like which is more rainy than, than Seattle. Yeah. I went to uh, to Thailand. Um, I guess four months ago. Yeah, and my hair was like, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, crazy because of the their level of humidity. Yeah. Yeah, so um, Thailand, we can talk about, I mean, do you want to talk for a bit more or do you do? <laughs> Up to you. <laughs> I mean, we have time. Yeah, uh, yeah I love Thailand uh, and uh, I can tell you why. I love animals so much. Mm-hmm. I I was going crazy. Honestly, I think this is the best vacation in my life and only because uh, I met so many uh, animals, elephants, monkeys, uh, goats, everything. Mm-hmm. I. <laughs> I can show you the pictures, but I played with elephants and um, there they had this baby elephant. I honestly felt so bad because they they were on chains, which I don't I don't even want to ride an elephant after that. Mm. Uh, I feel bad uh-huh. for them, and um, honestly, I was playing with them and crying, crying uh, from happiness. <laughs> and monkeys, they have this monkey. F- hill those are honestly it's crazy they we had this bottle of water in our hand so mm-hmm. the monkey she mm-hmm. she showed up and she was like trying to steal the bottle of water and she did it Spoiled. in the end <laughs> honestly she did it in the end because she was i had this maxi uh, dress so she grabbed me and she was like doing like this and it, with the other hand showing me that she wants a bottle can you imagine they are really so smart you basically have to 
to to hide the the food from them. Otherwise, they will chase you and until you are <laughs> will get the food. Well, there is a reason why we evolved from same ancestor. You know, it's like uh, brain studies show that um, there had to be a trade off because well, what happens uh, in in the skull is that there is very very limited space. And to be smart, you have you need, you need to have space to you know have enough enough neurons and enough capacity to produce connections. You see, so in monkeys, monkeys cannot really talk with their voice, you know, because the the, the very same center um, in their brain that we use to to talk uh, for them it drives. I think they can learn sign language. Yeah, they can. Mm. They can use sign language, so they, mm. they 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 definitely recognize words, and they they uh, they recognize uh, different notions, ideas, and they, they can they can communicate back to you, and they understand what you're saying if you use the sign language. You see, but this brain center uh, that we use for, for speaking for them, it's more about like ge- geospatial coordination or something. So something which makes monkeys very like agile and very fast in like in the physical world uh and we as as also primates we don't have you know because we had to do evolution had to do a bunch of trade-offs um and that also goes around like strength you know like like specifically like gorillas you know like the extremely strong animals you know you never saw a gorilla at the gym you know because gorillas don't really need to go to the gym they're strong (laughs) enough any 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 gorilla without even special training can be stronger than you know maybe the fastest boxers of like of like human species so it's interesting uh how having common ancestors but different environments and different goals uh bred those new species you know and i go into into one of my favorite topics about like you know genetics and uh, basically species and whatnot but uh, you know i wouldn't say that monkeys are that much of a different from us they just use different different components you have limited limited space for components and you can only pack you you have to you know make choices what to pack and then as soon as you packed the organism you 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 can have you know monkeys which are smart enough to actually know what they want and how to get it but they don't behave in the same way as we behave. They certainly are. Yeah. Uh, there are lots of also very smart, smart creatures. Elephants are very smart, especially elephants never forget. They anything. can never forget. Yeah. I was just about to There's say. There's so much space in their brain that yeah. just, you know, unlimited memory technically. Incredible, right? Yeah. Uh, I wish my, fr- my family was here. Honestly, I would spend uh, all my free time with them. But I hope one day I can bring them to the U.S. Yeah. 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 What stops you? Like, I, I guess um, uh, you probably need, well, I guess you are on, uh, in the permanent residence right now. Correct. This is how yeah. you were able to actually, you know, a lot of, a lot of uh, entrepreneurship is kind of correlated with immigration. And uh, that also comes from, you know, the the different ways you can you can you can immigrate and the one way is to work work for an employer 
and then get sponsored for for the permanent residency, which happened to me. This, this oh. was my way of getting where I am. Um, some people just win win the lottery, you know, and then they get yeah. green cards. And Lucky enough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm the same as you. Uh, actually, I'm waiting for my citizenship now, so uh, Did you I apply? hope. Yeah, I already applied. Actually, oh. last month. <laughs> now let's talk about this. How is the process now? I heard it's uh, they changed the exam a bit, and also it takes maybe like over a year since the moment of application. Well, you know, I think it depends uh, from a state to state because I have, um, I know someone in the state of Illinois, so she got her test and like interview basically and her citizenship in the same day, which is crazy. Mm -hmm. And um, I have, um, I also read online and people, they are saying it, as I said, depends from state to state, but it gets, yeah, you can get up to a year. For example, mm -hmm. I filed last month, so I'm still waiting. Oh, uh-huh. So that's fresh. Yes. I see. I okay. didn't get a response or something, but I can see my status online. So it says like, uh, mm, I guess it's seven months. It says like up to seven months. It, again, I can get a letter from them probably in two mm -hmm. weeks or uh, in two months. Who knows? <laughs> Yeah, I think they've done an amazing job and actually... Um, you can track everything online, you can see your status, right. which is They've great. done an amazing job with their website. Like I was... So when I was going through immigration, it was all, all about like paper mail. You send everything, you know, like in, in, in parcels and envelopes and then... Seriously? Yeah, like three weeks after you might get a response from them, you know, that oh. the, everything was accepted or, you know, they need more more documents. Like now what happened, I had to go and uh, like do uh, a green card renewal and uh, I I had to go and uh, uh, upload, you know, documentation of, of why, why am I eligible for the, for the renewal and uh, they, they send their response back to me uh, as a PDF file, which I can download and just, you know, use on my own. <laughs> so no no paper no exchanging you know like this uh, paper paper mail at all it's just so so uh so streamlined this is what was missing back in the day and what's even what a waste right yeah, yeah of uh. course you know you can you can you can save all this you know all this paper but also now they they built in like a chat bot uh on their website which yes. can answer a bunch of questions and then they can give you a real person who actually is attached to your case so if you have questions to the immigration officer, then there is a chance you can just chat chat to them and not wait for invitation for the interview. Yeah, I I use their How chat cool by the this? way. Yeah. Uh, it How took cool like uh, I guess eight uh, less than ten minutes basically. Then yeah, uh, and someone um, was available online mm -hmm. for me to um, to help me. Yeah, so you, you, USAS can be cool. Who would think, right? <laughs> okay, Lena, um, wonderful. Yeah, let's wrap up. I think we had a really good talk today. Thank you for uh, having me. Yeah, very good story. So in the, in the closing, is there anything specific you wanted to uh, to address to the audience? You can talk into that camera. Yeah, uh, I would <clears throat> love to say um, if there are uh, women that have the closets full of clothes they don't really use, sign up for Closet Cycle, list your wardrobe, make money, and make good for for the environment. And don't forget, buy less and borrow more. Mm -hmm.
wonderful way to close. Uh, basically, it's the statement of uh, m- the mission of your company, I guess, right? Correct. Yeah, yeah. by Les Boromar. Right. Uh, but also, I think the message we, we are trying to convey is do not be afraid of becoming an entrepreneur. Do not, yeah, do not, do not, do not postpone your dreams. Do not be afraid to yeah. to fail, basically, because it's better to mm-hmm. to fail than be yeah. regret later. Exactly, um, and uh, like I truly believe that a lot of a lot of new talent is coming from the small businesses driven by women, because women are firstly they women are amazing. <laughs> Thank Honestly, you. and also extremely talented. It just for myself, I see uh, I see uh, an opportunity to support uh, like young young girls like you with uh, spreading the word and bringing additional attention. So, Lena, close the cycle. Socials are here. Uh, website. Follow her on the Instagram. Uh, fill the form. Try the new service. Uh, if you have stuff which you just sits in your cl- in your closet, well, there are two things you can do with this: either donate and make no money, <laughs> <laughs> or make some money with uh, with closed cycle. Correct. <laughs> Thank you. Awesome. All right.